Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events. The list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness. That was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. And this is your NFC North Fantasy Preview episode. Here to break it down with me, one of the top fantasy rankers in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? I, I am super excited for this one. The, the NFC North is just absolutely loaded with fancy potential this year. So th- this might be my favorite division. Yeah, I agree. Let's uh, let's jump right into it. And, uh, you know, if, if uh, you guys don't know, we're going to go through every fantasy relevant player, everyone with an ADP uh, on each team. So uh, without further ado, let's jump into the Lions here. Uh, Jared Goff at QB 17. I feel like that's too low. What do you, what do you, what do you think? Well, I mean, last year we were getting him what QB 28. So yeah, uh, like you got to pay up, but I agree. It's probably still a little too low. I think he is a legit, you know, high end QB two, especially just offensive corner, Ben Johnson staying in Detroit this season is massive. Uh, I thought he was just amazing last year and just having continuity for Jerry Goff and this offense is huge. Um, uh, you know, and Goff conceded a ton of rushing touchdowns to uh, Jamal Williams last year at 17. Um, even if Jamal were still there, you know, you'd bank on some positive uh, touchdown regression for the passing game. So I think Goff could easily throw 30 to 35 touchdowns this year. So you could actually improve on last year's numbers. Um, in terms of personnel, uh, it, it seems sort of like a wash. You know, they lost TJ Hawkinson, but they drafted – a talented rookie in Sam Laporta. They lost DeAndre Swift, but they drafted a talented rookie and Jameer Gibbs. Um, and even though they lost J- Jamison Williams for the first uh, six games for betting, they didn't really have him last year. So um, you could argue his his talent might be better this year. Um, so I, I just like getting him at QB 16. I think he still provides a high floor, obviously, but he has a, he has a sneaky ceiling given the t- sure touchdown upside in this offense. Yeah, almost every metric you could find, he was top seven, uh, top five wow. in QBR, top five in adjusted yards and attempt, top seven in yards and attempt, top two in interception rate, top two in sack rate. Uh, and I like his schedule too. He starts the year KC, Seattle, Atlanta, uh, only true cold weather game week 14. Uh, and then he has a bunch of indoor road games, Minnesota, New Orleans, Dallas, uh, a warm weather road game, Tampa Bay. They play the Packers in week four, so it shouldn't be too bad. Uh, and of course, Goff 
you know, indoors last year, 271 yards per game and 2.2 touchdowns. Uh, outdoors, 244 yards a game and 0.8 touchdowns with a half a yard less per attempt as well. So um, always like him to be indoors uh, to maximize yeah. his value. Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver nine, took a big jump forward from his rookie year in his targets per route, went from 22%, which is already good, uh, to 29% last year. His yards per route went from 1.7 to 2.4. So uh, he he has arrived. Uh, any thoughts on him going as a top 10 wideout? Yeah, he's he's just about as safe as it gets. Like you mentioned, he, he saw a target on 29% of his routes. Also saw a 77% uh, catch rate, which is right about what you'd expect based on his uh, ADOT being closer to six and a half yards. So um, just having those two things combined together gives you a massive floor. Uh, and we should see similar underlying usage again this year. Um, so I think wide receiver nine is uh, definitely fair for Amon Ra. Yeah, he's he's just so talented. Uh, Williams, Jameson Williams, year two, is at wide receiver 46. Uh, he barely played last year. Now he suspended six games for gambling. And the talent is wide receiver 46. I don't think he hits this ADP. What do you buy here? <laughs> no, I don't think he does either because um, <laughs> this is a rare time. Where, again, I, I don't know what the market's thinking. Um, but like you mentioned, he's suspended for the first six games. Okay. So, you know, and last year, I'm willing to forgive him for only catching one pass for 41 yards. Uh, it was a busted coverage last year. I could have scored a touchdown uh... on it. Um, but, you know, I, last year, it was a wash because he, he tore his ACL in the national championship game. Um, so, you know, we weren't expecting much, but it, it was concerning. Uh, we've talked about it. He just didn't do much, even when he was in the game. Um, so while he does have the talent to be can't become a wide receiver two type, as soon as this season, he, he's going to have to do it in 11 games. So I just don't see why you'd be, you have to be treating him like a rookie. And I don't know why you'd be drafting him at the same time as a Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnson when, you know, they have a chance to play all 17 games. So this is one where I'm scratching my head um, why his ADP is in the mid forties. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. He, he only played more than uh, he only, he, he only jumped to, and cracked 20% of the pass snaps one time last year. So like, there's a, you know, the fact that he's like, yes, he's going to be there for camp this time, but the fact that he's going to miss more time, um, you know, it's just not ideal. I mean, this is, this AEP is egregious. I mean, yeah, this, it really is. It's like this guy could come back and still be the number four. Like, you know, like, it's not out of yeah. the realm of possibilities that he's not even a, a top three guy if they work him in slowly like he's just they just use him as like a luxury situational deep threat type of type of guy um marvin jones is here now he signed one year three million dollar deal um he's the wide receiver 98 in adp and josh reynolds uh is the wide receiver uh 100 uh do you think any of the, those guys like especially in the first six weeks pop or they just kind of cancel each other out uh yeah i Again, they're going to provide the most value early in the season just because Jamison Williams is suspended. DJ Chark is gone, so that opens up some targets. Um, you know, So they could provide value then, but that's the easiest time to get value elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so that's not really a good time to be providing the most value. So I'm, I'm staying away. You know, Once Williams returns, these, these guys are going to go down the pecking order. We I think. think. We think. We think. Um, rookies like Gibbs and Laporta will only get better as the season goes on. Um, so that's... 
it's hard to see these guys offering much value beyond week seven. And Amon Ra is just a target monster. So there, there isn't much to go around. Um, and yeah, I think Jones and Reynolds, they're, they're kind of close. So I think they'll cancel each other out. I wouldn't prefer one over the other. Yeah, and don't forget, you, they're always going to find snaps for Khalif Raymond somehow. Got like, it. They just got to. Got to. to. He's actually, I mean, he's turned himself into a pretty yeah, solid, no, he's, like, he's, he's, guy, yeah. rotational guy. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll Let's talk about him. He's yeah. 24. I mean, I remember when TJ Hawkinson was a rookie, pretty sure he was going above that and, and beat mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, there's definitely an opening because you have Amonra. I'm sure Gibbs is going to be targeted heavily when he's on the field. But outside of that, I mean, Jones is a low percentage route runner at this point in his career. Reynolds is the, literally the same guy at this point in his career. So there's there's a lot of targets uh, or a, a decent enough amount of targets, especially on an offense yeah. that O-line is good. Quarterback has, has been very good. Coordinator, as you mentioned, has been good. So um, what, what are your thoughts on Laporta, the second rounder out of, uh, out of Iowa? Oh, I love him. And I love him here. Love the landing spot. He, he has, the like you're alluding to, he has the potential to be the number two target or number three at worst even um, in this offense. Uh, so, you know, he was one of the top pass catching tight ends uh, in this class. And he's coming from Iowa, which has been producing quality NFL tight ends lately. You know, he took over at Iowa after TJ Hawkins and Noah Fant left um, and George Kittle is before them. Um, and I, I think he... It's similar to T.J. Hawkinson and Noah Fant. I think that's his range of outcomes, right? I think his ceiling is T.J. Hawkinson. His floor is probably Noah Fant. Um, And he's not really a pass-blocking tight end. So the Lions took him to be a pass-catching tight end. And, you know, we we were trying to figure out uh, on the fly who who the other Lions tight ends are. It it, it doesn't matter. Uh, Brock Wright and James Mitchell. And Zilstra. Shane Zilstra. Exactly. So he doesn't have much competition. So I think week one, and from the sound of things, it does sound like he's going to be the week one starter. So I think he's a no-brainer at at, at tight end 24. I think you're getting a ton of upside. I think Dalton Kincaid clearly has more upside because, you know, the Bills are talking about lining him up in the slot, literally as a wide receiver. I don't think that's going to be Laporta. Um, I think he'll be more of a Hawkinson type of pass catching tight end. So ton of upside at tight end 24. Give me all of the Laporta there. Yeah, I like him as well. I think he could he could smash this ADP just because again, there I think they like you said, they drafted him to play and there's a spot available for a, a pass catcher in this offense. Yep. And uh yeah, he's he's, he's his his four, he ran under four six. So he was in the top ten a percentile among tight ends and actually i actually have the numbers in front of me so uh in 2022 at iowa mm-hmm. he played slot 30 percent wide 21 percent. so he played more as like a wide receiver than he yeah. did in line so he actually could be like that that you know move like that true move tight end so um yeah, yeah I, I think the upside is through the roof for him and, and the athletic uh numbers are where they need to be yeah. uh everything really is where it needs to be. So yeah, this guy's like a screen and he's 22. He's not old. So it's a young rookie. Um, yeah, there's just, everything just kind of screams a uh, sleeper with Laporta. So yeah, if I can't get like a Chigo Conco and, and I'm mm. just like, you know, just kind of need a tight end. I'm definitely uh Laporta at, at 24. That's a, that, that could be a major steal with, I mean, yep. at 24 is no real downside either. Um, okay. Let's go to the backfield and, this is where it gets interesting. Jameer Gibbs, 12th 
overall pick. Bama, 5'9", about 200 soaking wet. But the <laughs> dude flies. Yep. <laughs> he just flies. So, you know, for, or the 40 was 4.36 seconds. Um, How do we... Like and, and then oh let me let me also preface preface it with this. Uh we talked about this on the NFC East pod. DeAndre Swift, as like part of a three-way committee, still finished yep. as a top 20 running back. So with that being said, is is RB15 right for Gibbs? Is that is that still too high, or what are you thinking? It's probably a tad high, and I'll get to why later, but damn the market for being sharp again. Uh, I, I think like if he was like <laughs> RB 18, 19, that, oh my God. Yeah. I would fire him up there. 15 is a bit rich, but you know, the lions took him in the first round to be the feature back. Um, uh, he's clearly going to dominate the passing down work. Uh, he reminds me of Al- Alvin Kamara as a pass catcher, but like you said, he's 200 pounds soaking wet. I don't know if he's going to be able to be a goal line back like Alvin Kamara. So I think that's going to be David Montgomery's role and that's that's the i mean that's jamal williams 17 touchdowns role so that does cap gibbs upside but like you said deandre swift uh the coaches kind of didn't like him they phased him out and he was still rb20 in points per game last year that's going to be gibbs role plus more so you know rb15 is a fair adp uh it's hard to take him earlier than that but i just don't know if you're getting much value just because the goal line touches aren't going to be there. That's my only issue with him. Everything else is amazing. Like he could catch four to five passes a game. Uh, he could, you know, dominate with just 10 to 15 touches. Um, so again, he's tricky just because his ADP is so expensive, but it probably should be. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he probably should be more like the the high teens, um, just because I still think there's guys like, again, I, I go back to a guy like Joe Mixon, who I still think is yeah. getting 15-plus carries. You know, I just think they're a little bit higher floors, whereas Gibbs, you are going to bank on that kind of DeAndre Swift efficiency uh, and then hope that the touchdowns come from, you know, big plays um, to kind yeah. of, uh, you, know, you know, get you there. So a little bit of risk, obviously, but still a fun player to own. I, 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 won't, yeah. I wouldn't exactly um, – I wouldn't say, you know, if you, if you pick him there – Oh, like, you know, you, no, like it's a terrible pick. Uh, it's a, but there's a lot of running backs in that RB2 range. Um, and Montgomery is is one of them at RB27, who pretty interesting. I mean, pretty good contract for a back. Uh, three years, 18 mil with 11 mil guaranteed. And pretty much ticketed for that 22 Jamal Williams role, which uh, was about just over 15 carries a game when Swift was healthy. Uh now, only just under seven routes per game. So maybe, you know, we'll see if that increases for Montgomery. Maybe not. But uh, the key was, as you alluded to, an NFL high, 45 carries for Williams last year inside the opponent's 10-yard line. That was 16 more than the number two player <laughs> in that category. He had eight more carries inside the five than anyone else in the National Football League. So, and we expect this offense to be just as good as if not – if not better mm-hmm. uh, than last year. So I have no problem buying David Montgomery at RB 27. It's going to clearly be the best offensive line he's ever had in his career as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, you know, the, the Lions drafting Gibbs was obviously a huge blow uh, to his value, but they traded away DeAndre Swift. So that kind of helped. But his path to fantasy value will be the goal line touches. And I think he will be getting those. So he has, you know, potential 10 plus touch on upside. 
Uh, but he also offers, you know, some actual pass catching upside, which Jamal didn't have that. So even when Gibbs is healthy, I think Monty can provide RB3 flex value, which is kind of where he's being drafted. But uh, if, if Gibbs were to ever miss time, I mean, where would you be ranking Montgomery? Like low end RB1? Like yeah, absolutely. potential top 10. So this is the sweet spot where I, I think that he could meet ADP even if Gibbs stays healthy all 17 games. And any missed games, you know, he's going to be providing RB1 value. So I think he is sneaky here. And this he's the type of player. His his ADP might actually drop outside of the top 30. I mean, the, the hype around Gibbs is only going to get better and bigger when we see footage of him. So I think Monty's ADP could dip going forward. So uh, I, I like him now, but I might like him even more later uh, in the best ball season when it drops potentially outside of the top 30. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm not too worried about Montgomery. I, the Lions uh a season ago, no running back group collectively scored mm. more fantasy points than the Detroit Lions. They had 427 running back carries, they had nearly 2000 yards, another 82 30. It's so like there's enough there for Gibbs and Monty cuz remember last year because Deuce Staley had the running back coach had beef with DeAndre Swift <laughs> many yeah. times, it devolved into a three three way committee, like yep. straight up three way committee. Um, and and it doesn't necessarily have to do that this year because now you're just looking at you have Reynolds there and you have uh, um, who's the young guy Muhammad Ibrahim who's like a a a, a old rookie. So I don't think he's going to be yeah. like factoring in much. And and Reynolds is now in year five and has zero, zero guaranteed money. So they could cut him. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's, I think it's these two guys and uh, uh, yeah, have no problem with either. I think Montgomery's probably better value than Gibbs just because he's going a little lower and has that, you know, 17 touchdown upside. Yep. Uh, okay. So to recap, Lions, who do we like? Sleepers. We got Sam Laporta for sure. I think he's the no-brainer sleeper. And then, you know, Dave Montgomery. Uh, I think uh, just talking about him, I got more excited about him. But I think he offers a ton of upside as ADP. Love it. Yeah, I'm going Goff. And uh, I think Goff is going to have another great year. And, yeah. uh, and LaPorta. I, I mean, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Montgomery. I think he's a little closer to – like most of the running backs are probably a little closer to proper. But, yeah, I, I, I do agree. I mean, Montgomery does have that Jamal Williams 17, 20 touchdown upside seems like and they pay for him too so that's always a good sign uh and then busts we got uh just based on adp it's gotta be jamison yes. williams i mean love the talent he could provide wide receiver two value when he does return but that's not going to be till week seven so i i don't get his adp that's the, the only reason i don't like him is his adp is way too high yeah, I, I thought there was there wasn't a guy whose ADP I was going to disagree with more than Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, but I <laughs> I found him. It's Jamison Williams. Yeah, love the talent, but like a lot of times it's like I like to look at it like like this. It's like sometimes we're just a year too soon on a lot of these guys, and like in some cases that doesn't hurt. You know, you're you're, you're looking for upside. You could think ahead. That's kind of what you're supposed to be doing here in fantasy. But I feel like a lot of times with some of these young guys, like we get way too ahead of ourselves when it, it's like the truth is these teams have kind of a plan for these guys. And I just think with with the with the coming off the injury last year and now missing, you know, another six games this year and just looking at the usage, even when he came back last year. Yeah, I, I still think that he's probably a year away from being yep. a guy we can rely on. And the you know. beauty of uh, investing in Jared Goff, which you are, 
is you kind of get Jamison Williams week seven on at yeah. a cheaper price. So, I mean, Jamison will certainly help unlock Goff's ceiling. So you're already kind of getting him through Goff, but at this ADP, no way. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure Sam Laporte is going to score more fantasy points than him at a like more valuable oh, yeah. position at that point yeah. in the draft. Cause there's exactly. like, you can get a dime a dozen wide receivers. There's only so many tight ends that can actually potentially provide startable value. Yep. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, let's go to the Minnesota Vikings. We got Kirk Cousins clocking in at QB 11. I'm still a little skeptical on him. <laughs> I I just, I feel like I was, I know what Kirk Cousins is and I don't, I don't know if he has the ups. I don't know if he's going to get better than last year. Like that, that's just my yeah. thing with him because last year they had this defensive coordinator who um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of Vikings fans would agree that the scheme was just too simplistic uh, and it caused their defense to be very, very bad. And so the Vikings got in these crazy shootouts a few times where Cousins had to throw for like 400 yards. Uh, and now they have Brian Flores. So I think that should improve. Although they are like selling everybody on their defense. <laughs> but um, I just, I'm just a little concerned because I, I, like Cousins had three top five finishes last year. They all came against bad defenses. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in all the other games, in the, the three, in, in take away those three top five finishes, his average rank was 16th. QB 16. That is, that is not good for a guy you're, you're drafting at QB 11. Uh, and then he starts the year with three pretty good pass defenses, Tampa Bay, who still has you still above average uh, Philly, very good. And, and the chargers, a healthy charger team also very good. So I don't see the point in redraft because he's in that streamer range where you'd rather just yeah. get a guy who'd start week one uh, in best ball. I still think he's a little overvalued at 11 because um, the Booms might not be there with Flores. Uh, and then he also got pretty lucky. I mean, Justin Jefferson has never missed a game. Adam Thielen's gone. And yes, Thielen was slowing down, but he's still responsible for over 30% of Cousins touchdowns the last three years. You know, Ken Addison or Osborne, uh, you know, Hawkins, can that combination pick that up? That remains to be seen. Um, and, and here's another nugget that I didn't, I, it kind of caught me by surprise. I don't, I, I, the Vikings were, this is according to reports. Uh, the Vikings were reportedly targeting Bryce Young, a trade up for Bryce Young. Mm. That that kind of makes me wonder. So I, I don't know, I'm I'm probably more down on Kirk Cousins than most people. I feel like most people are just like ah, he is what he is. He has Jefferson. Fine, I'm going to draft him at QB eleven. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not really getting. My, I'd, rather, I'd much rather have Jared Goff. I think it's the same right for ceiling. Um, but but what do you think? Uh, yeah, am I too hard. Am I being too harsh on him? Um. Yeah, he deserves it. You can say yeah. <laughs> I hate the talent, but I love the situation. Let me put it that way. But I, I think you're right. I think QB7 last year, 
seems like his ceiling. Um, I think getting rid of the aging Adam Thielen and replacing him with Jordan Addison is an upgrade. Um, and a full season with TJ Hawkinson. I mean, come on, that's going to be massive. And he has the best receiver in all of football and Justin Jefferson. So I love the situation. Um, I think you hit on it though. I think redraft leagues that start one quarterback, I'm passing on him again. It's way easier just stream. You said he starts the season off with the tough schedule. That's not yeah. the guy that you draft at QB 11, but if you're talking two QB leagues, I like him more than that. He does have a good floor ceiling combo and best ball stacks. I mean, stacking him with Jefferson, Hawkinson, Addison, I think makes a ton of sense. So I think it depends on what league you're in. If QB 11 makes sense, but I, I think you're right. I think in redraft leagues, that's the league to kind of fade him at QB 11. Yeah. I mean, that, that kind of ties my hands just because in best ball, I'm usually going for like a higher upside quarterback, or I'm just going to wait for like a free Jared Goff or a free, you know, somebody yeah. like even lower, like a, if my, my QB two, like I'm just going to get someone who I think is going to start a bunch of games like Jordan love or somebody like that. So I'm just mm -hmm. not really in the range or even I'm like, might as well just like Matthew Stafford could could beat Kirk Cousins. Matthew Stafford's going to QB twenty this year. Like Matthew right. Stafford could has the same situation as Cousins had last year. Good decent decent supporting cast, but terrible defense. Uh, so <laughs> sure. like I I much rather try to just get the value um, a bunch of rounds later. Uh, but Justin Jefferson uh, is wide receiver one. He should probably be wide receiver zero point five. He's just that he's just that good. I don't I don't have any much to say. First about overall, him. right? Oh like, yeah, yeah. He's, obviously, he's the top yeah. receiver. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we first are first overall over yeah. everybody. Yeah, remember when he like single hand? We had the most miraculous catch of all time last year. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, I think he's earned that. Um, the numbers back it up. Uh, although I, interestingly enough, so I'm we in the AFC pod. We talked about Jamar Chase and I, how he never finished below. I think I think it was wide receiver 44, 44 or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jefferson did have. Yeah, he, he was top six. Uh, in just over half of his games, nine out of 17. Uh, and then three more in the top 22, but he was 47th or below a uh, five times. So a little bit boomer bust, but the booms are just so, uh, so high that, uh, yeah, that I don't really mind it. Was the bust the Jair Alexander game? One of them. Yeah. One of them. But I mean, and they yeah, only got yeah. one catch. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if teams just really sell out to slow him down, maybe they do, but, um, that that could be a blip on the radar. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he has a low floor, but I know I know what you're saying. No, nah, no, nah, I'm just you know, just, just pointing it out. You know, I think yeah, potential people should know. Uh, but Addison, I mean, Addison is the guy. Yeah. He's the linchpin here. Like, is he? Yeah. Because wide receiver 43, a, another one of these things where I feel like the market is is like almost leaving us no room for error now. Like, he, <laughs> he has to hit. Uh, yeah. You, another one of these USC receivers, uh, 5'11", yep. 173. Uh, 4.4940, pretty good route runner, quick game, screen game kind of guy, lacks some strengths, physicality, did struggle with some drops, but can he kind of be, can he pick up those stealing targets and be more efficient in year one? Yeah, I think so. And he, he's one of my favorite receivers in the 40 to uh, 50 range. Um, there's really no weakness to his game. You know, he can line up inside, outside, slot, can win downfield. Um, he's a bit smaller, which is why yeah. he's getting compared to Devonta Smith, but that really hasn't been an issue for Smith. Um, thankfully, um, and the Vikings probably took him in the first to become their number two receiver, uh, with feeling gone. So, uh, I think he's going to be able to take advantage of defenses, uh, having to worry about Justin Jefferson, 
Um, like I, I think Addison's like the perfect wide receiver too. I don't think he'll ever be a true number one alpha. Uh, he's kind of like a Manuel Sanders, Robert Woods type where I think he'll thrive in this role. So mm. I think it makes sense to stack him with cousins because if he hits cousins is probably finishing, you know, closer to his ceiling. Um, so I, I just love Addison in this range. I think this is the time to kind of, I don't think he has a low floor necessarily, but I think he does have a pretty high ceiling in this offense. See him, ha- he, him having a low floor just because we haven't, like, I, I mean, what is he like a buck seventy, buck seventy five? I mean that yeah, around there. Yeah, that, I think uh, that got, and like a thirty first percentile catch radius according to a player profile. Like there are some things like I do. I love his route running and I like, but he could be a little bit more, especially in year one of like a a gadget like screen like a, a Rondale Moore, I guess if if that makes sense. Where he could yeah. have like some like nine ten catch games, but he could also go kind of. He could disappear at certain times, kind of like Thielen uh, did, yeah. but for different reasons. But overall, like, yeah, I'm not I, – I I just – I don't know how to call him. I don't know how to say I like his value because I got 43. I just don't – I just don't see a ton of room for error. Um, right. But uh, what about Osborne? He's going 59, so, like, that's actually not as low as you would think. I mean, I, his targets per route went from – it actually went down last year from 14.7 two years ago to 14.3. His yards per route went from 1.3 to 1.1. One, one. Uh, his yards per catch went down over two. And his touchdowns per catch, which was a big thing, you know, it was due to regress, but 14% two years ago, eight, just over 8% last year. So that's kind of concerning to me that, you know, even with Thielen kind of dipping and, you know, Osborne wasn't really to take a stranglehold. So that, that that's more of a, I think, a positive for a guy like Addison. I don't think Osborne's gonna uh, jump in here. So like at fifty nine, you know, what do you what are you doing with with him? Like, is, do you think there's enough upside for him to maybe beat start the year as that number two, or do you think it's more downside of him like just getting completely usurped by Addison? Yeah, I think. Well, I don't think he'll get completely usurped because the, you know. They use a ton of 11 personnel. I mean, they're designed after the Rams offense. So I think that this is a fair price for him. Uh, and he does carry some upside over the last five games last year. He was wide receiver seven. Um, so well, that's it, because the, the Vikings got down like 53 <laughs> points to the Colts. And, right, and the well, Colts, <laughs> they just played zone defense and let the Vikings that, just completely. That could, that could happen again. I'm not saying he's an outside <laughs> guy, but he, he could have flashes. Like, I don't yeah. want him in redraft and trying to figure out when the hell yep, he's going to yep. do good but like in best ball sure i'll take some flyers here i'm not completely fading him uh and normally i'm a huge kj osborne fan the past couple years but this year i think i am going to slow down i think 59 is pretty high like you said like i'm shocked it's not in the 70s so i just think his adp is about where it should be um so i I don't think you should fade or target him necessarily um I, i think that addison where he's going that again that's just where I like to take uh, some gambles. So I know there, there is some risk to Addison, but I think uh, he's more likely to pay it off. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this podcast a couple years ago, we we talked about KJ Osborne when he was yeah. like, like a <laughs> third string on the depth chart. Like yep. this guy might actually start. Uh, I, 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 yeah, I don't love Osborne's underlying metrics, but I, I do agree. I think in basketball, there could be some upside there because just because you are dealing with, uh, you know, a rookie in that other spot and, and who's going a lot higher. So like, this is an offense where, yeah, you have Hawkinson and you have Jefferson, but those guys have been pretty healthy. Well, Hawkinson just got here, but he played in all the games. Jefferson's yeah. never missed games. So like, there's, and there's no one really behind. 
That's what I was going either. So like, not only does he have upside to like be the number two if something goes wrong with Addison, but like like Jalen Rager, Jalen Naylor, Brandon Powell, like those guys aren't really a big threat to to, to overtake Osborne either. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Who's gonna take away snaps? Jalen Rager? Hell no. Yeah. Um. Nobody. So I mean, he, he's a lock uh, in eleven personnel. So Josh Oliver. Josh <laughs> Oliver. They're wow. just going to two tight end sets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they probably will. But they did. They did pay a pretty penny for Oliver, actually. Um. And yeah. So Hawkinson's here. Uh, he's mm-hmm. the tight end three this year. Um. He was the tight end three from week nine on with Minnesota, and yep. uh, only two games of his ten with Minnesota. Was he outside the top 16? He had uh half of his games he was in the top seven. Uh so uh what do you are you, do you is, is tight end three too rich or do you think that's about where he's supposed to be going? No, t- tight end three is fair. Uh yep. you know, having a full off season to learn the offense, gain chemistry with cousins. I mean, he already, you know, kicked ass with them last year, but he's gonna be even better this year. Um, I would lean him over George Kittle at three just because we don't know who the hell is gonna be the 49ers quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we get clarity that Brock Purdy's like ready to go and he's going to be the quarterback, maybe I would consider Kittle over him, but that's just probably not going to happen. So, uh, just give me Hawkinson at three. Yeah, I have, I have a few shares of Hawkinson already. I, I, uh, I just think the volume potential there is pretty, uh, yep. pretty high behind Jefferson. I think he's, he's definitely going to be the number two target you know maybe addison will, will overtake him at some point but he's definitely starting a year number two and he's been targeted over 20 percent of his route so uh yeah like hawkinson so the running backs i mean we've been talking about this alexander madison he's going rb 30 dalvin cook was going about 15 spots higher dalvin cook's no longer on the team uh madison started about six games over the past three years averaged 20 just over 23 touches for 112 scrimmage yards five touchdowns uh in six uh start in those six starts uh so where 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 do you think he ends up i guess is a good question in adp wise where do you think he should end up well um right now it looks like the recent drafts he's sort of in the rb 15 range which Mm -hmm. i think makes sense that's where i would rank him like a high-end RB2, uh, maybe not in the RB1 range. Like, when he's filled in for Cook in the past, he has been there. But I think long-term, he'll settle in high-end RB2. So I think RB15 is about fair. But it just goes to show how criminal it was that you were able to get him RB30 to RB35 just a couple weeks ago when we've known for, what, over a month now that Dalvin was on, gone. So that was the time to just load up. <laughs> on madison and i'm I'm afraid that's gone the market has finally adjusted with cook officially being released so i think rb15 sounds about fair and that's that's where he's going in recent drafts and we know minnesota is not going to like sign another running back they're they're yeah their cap situation is crazy so (laughs) any thoughts on who who the handcuff will be i know they got uh dwayne mcbride there who is a a rookie they also got wangu uh coming back who is like the the returner and ty chandler uh, a guy they drafted last year as well so uh it looks like mcbride is the the only one with the adp going rb70 um just any thoughts on on that you think that's just kind of like an open competition right no this is something i think is worth figuring out i don't know the answer yet i can't plant my flag on either but it's between Dwayne McBride and Ty Chandler. Um, McBride's a safer bet. He he seems like the uh, 
Alexander Madison replacement. Like he's okay. He's an early down back. Um, you know, he went in the seventh round just due to missing the combine. He had a hamstring injury. Probably should have gone sooner, but he's just an early down grinder. I don't think he's gonna do much in the passing game. So he he would probably need Madison to miss time to have any value whatsoever. Um, the wild card is definitely Ty Chandler. Uh, he is super fast. He's already 25 years old. Um, but you know, he has the Dalvin Cook. He's not as good as Dalvin Cook, but the upside to be like the Dalvin Cook role. Um, so he can mix in on passing downs when Madison is healthy. And I think if Madison were to go down, he probably has the most upside to be just a true workhorse back. But he has the wider range of outcomes. Uh, I think he's less polished than McBride, uh, just as a running back overall. Um, so right now, if Ty Chandler is free, I'd be taking some swings at him. Um, but I think McBride has the best chance to be Matt Madison's true backup, if that makes sense. And you don't think uh, you think Wangu just kind of stays special teams because yeah. Wangu played over Chandler uh, last year when they were both active. I think that Nwango, he's more of the special teamer. We'll have to see some progress. Uh, again, this is something that I think just going to have to sort out uh, through camp, potentially preseason. Um, but I think Chandler has the most upside, the, the clearest path to upside, uh, whereas McBride's a safer bet. Nwango, I think, is the dark horse wild card. Um, yeah. Where I wouldn't put him in the mix yet, but I, I wouldn't be shocked. I, anything can happen with these three guys. But I, either way, I think it is worth paying attention to because – we kind of want Alexander Madison's backup is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So this is, this is a situation where um, every day we might find a, a nugget and this is something that we, we got to monitor closely. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sleeping on Juan Google. I mean, he, I know he never really, he never really took off in terms of a, a, a runner, but he did play over Chandler and he's when he, I mean, he's been one of the best returners in the game for two years yeah. now. He's got three touchdowns in on just uh 53 kick returns and he averages 28.3. And now, you know, with the kick being with the kick return being less of a factor, you know, maybe yes. And he's, he is six one. He's listed at six one two ten. So like, I, I actually, I think, yeah, I think he's, he's, uh, he's squarely in the running as well. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a ton of upside. I have him on a dynasty team, so I hope he yeah. pans oh, out. Yeah. Uh, I'm just not, okay. ban not banking on it, but um, again, this is a three this is where we unearthed these guys though. This is where we, I, we found it. We talked ourselves into I, KJ Osborne a couple years ago. Now, that I'm telling is true. You, this is Wangu guy. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, no, it, he could hit. <laughs> I, I just think it makes sense for McBride to have the highest the, or the lowest ADP right now, just because, He's the safer pick, but again, I think taking flyers on Chandler and Nwangu do make sense this time of year anyway. Uh, okay, who do we like uh, sleepers for the Vikings? Uh, I'm going with Jordan Addison. Uh, just love his upside. Where he's going, obviously, you know, he probably does have to pan out, but I think he has a high floor. Um, they didn't draft him in the first round to just kind of sit there. And like we mentioned, there's really no competition in the top three. So he's playing no matter what love his potential. Um, and then we don't know which one of these three backup running backs, but I think one of them, uh, and again, if you make a time machine and go back a couple weeks, you should have been drafting Madison heavily when he was RB 30. So he was my favorite sleeper, but now that the news with Dalvin cook being officially cut, uh, he, he unfortunately, he's no longer my, my top sleeper overall. Yeah. Now, yeah. A lot of the value is kind of, been out um i still think he's a pretty high floor play because i mean we can't even yeah. figure out who his backup is which is probably <laughs> yeah. a good sign for him and it wasn't yeah. like you know it, it's like the vikings are kind of being forced into this so you know they they're the fact that they didn't really use anyone last year and it was just all cooking madison 
that that kind of bodes well for Madison now. It's like it could probably be, you know, almost all Madison with one other guy. You know, it was like a 75-25 split uh last yep. year. So um yeah, uh still 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 like Madison, but yeah, not you know, there's RB30 obviously much more value than at RB15. Uh, what about uh overvalued guys or busts? No one. I think everybody's either on par or a value in in this offense. Even KJ Osborne, who I'm probably drafting the least, I still have, you know, slightly higher in my rankings just based on the high floor. So this is a team I'm I'm just gonna have to say no one's really a bus candidate. And for me, it's just cousins, just because I, I see I, I don't like the, the schedule. I, I think and, and I just think uh with the better defense, it could just be a lot more middling. Uh, and you could kind of yeah. he's just replaceable, I think. Um, and he's going pretty high. Uh, all right, let's go to the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields up to QB. Six, uh, you know, Matt Eberfusa said they're going to focus on the passing game a lot more, more of an emphasis on throwing kind of the Hurts, uh, Josh Allen models for improvement. And I mean, you do got, you do have, uh, excuse me, that, that potential because you went out and you got DJ Moore. So here's another one of those things where you look at Justin Fields, over 40% of his targets last year went to Equinemia St. Brown, Dante Pettis, <laughs> Byron Pringle, Vilas Jones, Nikhil Harry. Amir Smith-Marset, uh, backup tight ends, David Montgomery, Tristan Ebner, like just guys that, you know, not ideal. You So now you, you should have uh, more. Mooney's coming. Mooney missed time. Claypool barely got any, uh, yeah. got any packages and, and then got hurt as well. So um, what do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on fields? Oh, love him. I mean, he, he finishes the QB six last year. He was QB five in points per game. Uh, and that was just despite having one of the worst pass catching groups in the league. Like you mentioned, Darnell Mooney also missed a handful of games. So the fact that they just bring in DJ Moore, uh, they'll have Chase Claypool for the entire offseason program. Hopefully they can integrate him a little bit better. Uh, Mooney's back healthy. Uh, QB6 seems fair, but he has top three upside. So uh, he do- he is similar to Jalen Hurts last year, just in terms of upside where um, – QB six might be his floor. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do love him. And we were kind of cautioning last year just with the supporting cast. It was hard and, and like him too much, but he was still too cheap this year. I think the sky's the limit with them. So uh, yeah, like if he's still there at QB six, I'm taking him. Oh, absolutely. I think I totally agree. I think QB six is floor. And I think yeah. this guy has QB one overall upside. Oh, absolutely. In his range of outcomes. And uh, you know, it was like Jalen Hurts last year. Like he started out as like a cube, like in the low, like, like maybe like eight, not ten, nine, eight. He kept creeping <laughs> up, but yeah. even at like six, it was still like okay, this guy's still a value. And he, what did he do? Go on to be you know a top top two quarterback. And I, I think Fields could do the same thing. I mean, here's the crazy stat with Fields: Fields ran the ball three times fewer than Jalen Hurts last year, and had three hundred and eighty more rushing yards. Like yep. his rushing upside is bonkers. And <laughs> even if he throws more, you know, like just the, 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 the explosiveness on the ground is probably yeah. even greater than Hertz. And now the supporting cast, you know, Cole Komet really came on last year. Um, you know, if Quapo ever gets healthy, you have a great top three at, at wide receiver. So yeah, I, I really like, uh, I really like fields. I think he's a, He's a value, not in the sense like QB six is probably fair in terms of the quarterbacks, but, you know, going in the early fifth round, uh, you know, I'd probably take him a round or two higher. Like I think he could legit be the top scoring player in fantasy this year. Yep. Agree completely. 
Uh, so DJ Moore's wide receiver 22 comes to Carolina, uh, comes from Carolina uh, as part of the compensation for Chicago's first overall pick. Um, any thoughts on him kind of moving from what ended up being a disaster of a year for most of the year in Carolina uh, over here to, to Chicago? Yeah, I mean, there, there's no question he's going to make this offense better and Justin Fields better. He's why I like Justin Fields at QB6, but wide receiver 22 is still just a bit high. Uh, he should still see a high target share, but, you know, he's not going to the Kansas City Chiefs. So the, the overall volume, you know, might be lacking and he still has, you know, pretty low touchdown upside. So I'm not thrilled about taking him at wide receiver 22. I think just the, the way to invest in him is to just take Justin Fields. Um, I, I think that's, you know, he he's going to help Justin Fields. I don't know if it's going to go the other way. Um, so I think wide receiver 22 is just a little bit, high for me yeah i mean i, I don't mind it I, I i think it's gonna be a better i think justin fields is gonna make like an improvement you know the way we've seen Allen and, and hurts do it and uh you know the fact that this guy was you know part of the reason they, they were fine with trading that number one pick like i think he's gonna i think he's gonna get his like i it's there were points in the year in the offseason where he was going inside the top 20 i think that was starting to get a little a little presumptive right. a little rich um, but as if he's going in those mid twenties, I'm fine with taking a shot on mm -hmm. him because I still think he actually does have, um, you know, wide receiver one upside, and he could be a he could be a massive target hog, um, because like the the supporting cast is a lot better. But like Komet, you know, he started getting a lot more targets when Mooney went down. Mooney regressed in terms of his targets uh, per route, went from uh, 22 to to 19 percent last year. So I think more is going to be still has that like target hog potential. Uh, you know, and, and I do think they're going to be, there's going to be more pass volume uh, this year now with a full off season in this offense with, with added weapons. So um, I'm, I'm willing to take some shots on him. Like I'm not going to be overexposed, but uh, right. I'll, I'm fine with being like on par. Uh, Mooney is 52 wide receiver 52. Uh, as I mentioned, he saw some dips in his underlying metrics His his targets per route went down about 3%. His yards per route dipped uh, a bit as well. And uh, you know, it, it, it hurt his counting stats. He went from, uh, 62 yards per game to about 41. Uh, so now he's coming back off the injury. There's a new number one in town. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, he, pro he probably wasn't meant to be a true number one wide receiver, for being honest. So I th maybe having a player like DJ Moore will help take away some of the attention, uh, lead to more, more, you know, open looks downfield. So it could help him in, in best ball only. I don't think I'd want Mooney and redraft trying to figure out when he's going to have a good game. So um, he's not a player I'm looking to target in this range, but if he falls outside of the top 55 uh, in best ball, I think it does make sense to, to have some fields uh, Moody stacks. Yeah, he'll be, I think he'll go back to being more of, you know, intermediate to deep yeah. uh, route route runner. Um, so with that comes, you know, some, some inconsistency, but uh, Quaypool has still been struggling to get on the field from what I, from what I'm seeing. He's still, uh, dealing with some 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 type of injury um they, they they apparently want him to be like a vertical red zone guy they only gave him a handful of plays last year because he kind of came mid-season but he's wide receiver 72 right now but I, I feel like if he was healthy maybe he would have the upside still pretty young but as far as I don't know what to do with him at, what, what are you what are you doing with him yeah well it, it's not good that he's hurt because you know he he really struggled to pick up the offense after the trade uh, they, or they were struggling to figure out how to integrate him. Um, so having a full off season to learn the playbook and get chemistry of fields was key. So if he's hurt, 
that does hurt. So I, I do think he has, you know, some upside as a talent, but just in this offense, I think it's going to be limited. I think it's, it's going to go through DJ Moore, Cole Komet, and then Mooney will be, you know, the high variance downfield guys. So I, what Claypool's going to maybe catch, you know, five touchdowns. Uh, so I, I just don't see the appeal even in the seventies to really target Claypool. I think he'll need one or two injuries to these pass catchers to potentially offer value. So he, he's just not a guy that I'm too interested in investing in. Yeah. The fact that the fact that, yes, his off season has still been compromised yeah. is not a, not a good sign. I mean, that's probably good, good, good news for Mooney. Cause I think that, you know, mm-hmm. if Claypool was also firing on all cylinders, that would make Mooney even more inconsistent, but now Mooney could still be at least somewhat involved, uh, you know, on a week to week basis. Comet uh, is the tight end 13. He was a tight end four from week nine on um, with Mooney in the lineup. His targets per route was 14% and his yards per route was about 1.2. Uh, and then once Mooney got hurt, that jumped from 14% to 20% targets per route and uh, the yards per route went from 1.2 to, to 1.5. So a lot of Comet, you know, kind of pop off did come with Mooney out. Uh, but there's also just not that many tight ends to kind of choose from when yeah. you get outside that top 12 or so. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think of Komet at 13? Uh, yeah, it's, it's tricky because, you know, he talented tight end. He's coming off a breakout season. You know, he was the tight end seven last year, but he, he only saw a target on 16% of his routes. Uh, but he made up for that by just running a shit ton of routes. You know, he averaged an 85% routes run rate, which, if you're investing in a low-end tight end one or high-end tight end two, is amazing. Uh, but he just didn't have much competition for targets. So having a guy like DJ Moore there, uh, you know, Darnell Mooney back, uh, will cut into his target share. So that that's going to sting. Um, you know, plus he caught seven touchdowns last year, 41% of Justin Fields' touchdowns. So he should see more competition for touchdowns. So I think, you know, he's – just due to regress in some of those areas uh, that that's why we liked him last year. So tight end 12, 13 does seem a bit high. I, I don't know if he provides as high of a ceiling as like a Chiga Quanquo or no. even a Dulcich. Uh, no. Like I even like Dulcich over him right now. So um, I, I think if you were to fall like tight end 15, like Tyler Higby, he's yeah, I would take him probably tight end 15. So I just think in that tight end 12, tight end 13 range, there's there's other guys on the board I'd rather have. Yeah, he's going he's going a couple spots too high. It starts to get ugly quick after that. Yeah. Um, but exactly. yeah, the fact that we saw, you know, most of his I mean, he, he had some like good touchdown luck before Mooney went down, but in terms of like the more predictive, stickier metrics like targets per route, uh, the fact that that really spiked when Mooney was out. And not now not only do you have Mooney back, but you also have DJ exactly. Moore here. Um, I, I, the consistency, I think is not going to be there. So in best ball as your, you know, as your tight end too, fine. Uh, but in redraft, yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, Tunyon is here now too. Uh, he saw, he got about just over a mil guaranteed, uh, tight end 40. Uh, that's interesting. I feel like there's probably better guys you could take there. <laughs> pre, I mean, pre like he's before the injury, it was, you know, his, his, his eight out was almost 10 and, he averaged almost 12 yards, uh, about 11 and a half yards a catch. And then after the injuries, eight out went down to six and he averaged nine yards a catch. Um, so I don't, I don't know if he bounces back. I mean, he never was like a, a top prospect. 
Uh, former wide receiver, but like, I, I yeah, I, I don't think he hits tight end forty. I, I, I don't, I don't see why you would, uh, why you, no. why you draft him. Honestly. Absolutely no reason. Uh, you got Kate Otten, Logan Thomas. Yeah. Um, like flyer on Noah Gray at tight end forty nine. If Kelsey were to miss time, there's there just better flyers there than Tanyan. Uh, what about this backfield? You got Herbert at RB thirty five. Yeah. Foreman got got uh signed for one year two mil with another mil in incentives and, and one, one mil guaranteed. Uh, and then Rashawn Johnson is a fourth rounder out of Texas. And I should also mention Travis Homer got a, got a 1.75 mil guaranteed. So he's making a team. Um, so that just take that for what it will. Um, but Travis Homer is going to make this team. So what, what do you think of this backfield? Ooh, the, yeah, this is a mess. Um, but I, I kind of like, Will Herbert in the RB 35 range. Um, you know, he, you can get him a discount because he's fairly priced because it does look like it could be a two to three way committee um, with Foreman and Johnson. Um, Luke Getsky, the offensive coordinator has even hinted at that. So it's, it's not like a surprise, but I love Herbert's talent. Uh, he was second out of 59 running backs in my expected yards per carry model last year. Just, Every metric you look at, like he he's a legit back. Um, anytime Montgomery has missed time the past couple of seasons, I mean Herbert's been like a legit RB one, uh, RB two kind of uh, producer. So um, in this range, you typically have running backs that kind of need a injury to provide value anyway. So Herbert does have a path where he's the workhorse back without any injury. So I think he has that sneaky upside in this range. Um, now there, there is some downside because, you know, like a Deontay Foreman could handle more early down work than I'm expecting. Um, Roshan Johnson is a really good prospect out of the fourth round. I mean, he didn't pr- produce much in college because he was backing up Bijan Robinson, but he's very talented, doesn't have much tread on his tires. Um, you know, he's a really good pass blocker. So I think he could see passing down snaps early as a rookie, but that's not really the role that we're looking for on the Bears. So I, I I think Herbert's the most likely back to be just an explosive early down runner. Um and why I still think he's he's offering some value uh at the RB35 slot. Yeah Ma- with uh Monty and Herbert last year, Monty was RB24 uh and then Herbert was uh around RB40. So like they could have two top 40 guys. Uh so you know, the Herbert's 35, Foreman 45, Johnson 50. One of these guys is going to be a bust. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we don't know which. And and and, yeah. I, and and the reason I mentioned Homer is because he actually may take a lot of like the mm. herpy up pass down snaps because he, you know, he got more guaranteed money than Foreman. So <laughs> um, almost double actually. So, but the thing, so I, this might be a case where Johnson's just still a year away mm-hmm. uh, because if, if Homer starts the year as the passing down guy, um, and then Herbert was very good last year and Foreman was also very good last year. So, um, you know, we'll have to monitor that, but I think it'll probably be Herbert and then either Foreman or Johnson as the, as like the, the guy who gets that, you know, the, the, is the one B and then Homer will be, you know, special teams and maybe the occasional, you know, yeah. hurry up two minute drill, uh, type of situation. But as of right now, yeah, I agree. I think Herbert is the safest play. Uh, and then we just have to kind of monitor Foreman and Johnson, um, but right now, I mean, Johnson's probably the a, the bit overvalued just because, uh, you know, I think he's still third on the depth chart. He's still a, a day three pick, and you still have Homer 
who could, you know, if passing snaps is his calling card, I mean, still have Homer there too, even though Johnson is a bigger guy, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Uh, okay. So who do you like undervalued guy sleepers on the bears? Uh, Khalil Herbert, because obviously there's some risk. He might not be the week one starter, but that's, that's every running back in this range, really. But he's the rare back in this range that could be the week one starter. Uh, he doesn't really need an injury to hit value. So that's why I think, um rb35 seems like a fair price but i think he's still uh sneaky there yeah i, I mean yeah I, I think like it's tough like i i, I was a little high. i think he was like in the rb40 range i was a little higher now i think he's like fairly valued but i exactly. see the point like especially with monty you know going as rb24 and you still had herbert you know kind of in that top 40 um he, herbert's probably not going to be the odd man out even if it's probably going to be one of the two True. other guys so um, I definitely take your point. For me, it's it's actually Justin Fields, even though he's going at QB six. Like I just think the overall, you know, going around, you know, forty, uh, you know, like just around the end of the the fourth round, beginning of the fifth. Uh, I actually think he should be going a little bit higher than that because again, I think he could score the most points of any player uh, in fantasy this year. And we're kind of just, you know, he's kind of just in that middle middling QB range. But uh, you know, if we've learned anything from Hertz and, and Allen over these years, is that. You know, when when you have this rushing upside, doesn't take doesn't take much. Just a, yep. a little bit of an increase in efficiency <laughs> or, or or and or volume will get you there. So uh, yeah, I like Fields a lot. Um, what about Bust? Uh, no one really, because I, I think there's a ton of potential on this team. But um, DJ Moore, uh, I don't love him at wide receiver twenty two. But you kind of mentioned if he falls to like wide receiver twenty five, I'll take him. Uh, I would definitely stack him with Justin Fields. So while I'm a little bit lower or more, I, I don't think he's a potential bust. Uh, I think, you know, you could find a lot of value in this offense right now. Yeah. For, yeah, for me, it's, uh, it, it's, it's definitely Tunyon. I don't think he <laughs> hits that tight end 40, but uh, it, yeah. I will also say one of the two of Foreman or Johnson is probably busted right True. now. I would lean Johnson, uh, but this is just, you know, there's no way to know until, you know, yeah. there's just going to be a battle. They've said that. Uh, so uh, we just have to to monitor it. All right, let's finish up with the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love, QB 23. And I think the thing that sticks out to me about Love is not just that Love is inexperienced uh, in, in terms of, you know, starts. He's still got uh, fewer than 100 attempts, but this may be one of the least experienced, youngest uh, receiving cores that, that we've ever seen either. I mean, you got Christian Watson and Dobbs, our year two guys. And those are like the veterans here. And then both, you know, now you got Musgrave and Kraft, the two rookies at tight end. Uh, Jaden Reed's another rookie at wide receiver that may end up starting. I mean, this is just a really young uh, pass catching course. So what do you think of this whole, the passing game for Green Bay this year? Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard. He's, he's such an unknown heading into year three. He was a first round pick, but he's only made the one start, but I, I've watched him. He's played a ton in preseason, and he's okay. He has some rushing upside, but I think it's what you said, just the surrounding talent is lacking. Um, and I, I love Christian Watson. I mm-hmm. mean, he really flashes the rookie, but if he were to ever miss time, like that's going to be just such a massive blow to love. And, you know, Watson, he he was dealing with a ton of soft tissue injuries. He plays with reckless abandon, so he seems like a, a permanent injury risk just the way he plays. So, I would be very worried if Watson's ever out of the lineup. So that's kind of why I'm staying away. Cause I just don't see who else could step up. Um, so, you know, the, the ADP around wide receiver 23, 
Uh, it, it seems fair, but uh, I just think there's too much downside here uh, to be taking love because just like I said, there's he's such an unknown. Yeah, I, I think in best ball it makes sense because I don't think he gets benched. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, <laughs> he's not like if, you could, if you could get him free, uh, I think what Clifford is behind him. So I think you know you can Danny Etling and, or things and is stack him with Watson for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Watson's going around wide receiver twenty seven over the past four weeks i think that's a pretty good value his targets per route rate was 25 percent last year now you have no lazard um so this is this could be like another just massive like I, i'm sure he's not gonna just house every freaking catch you know for a touchdown <laughs> right. but the uh you know just the, the, the his target rate uh was immaculate and you kind of mentioned it you know there's a lot of young guys here um i, I think dobbs has some breakout potential too his, his he was 21 mm-hmm. targets per route which is not bad. He just kind of got squeezed once Watson uh, broke out and he got hurt. But, uh, you know, the floor has been talking him up. Love's been spending uh, a lot of offseason time with him. So I think he'll be the clear number two wide receiver 61. It's probably a little bit of value here because, I mean, beyond that, I mean, Jaden Reed's going at wide receiver 80, but he's more of like a gadget guy mm-hmm. could start in the slot. And then the tight end is just, I mean, you got Musgrave who's a, a second rounder. Could have maybe had some like Kincaid-like buzz, but Missed all last year with a uh, a knee, and then you have um you have Kraft also. So it's I, just so uh, tight ends, you know, usually don't pan out that quickly. Um, so I yeah, I, I feel like it's Watts. Watts is going to be a massive target hog, and then Dobbs mm-hmm. is probably going to be a clear second. And I mean, probably Aaron Jones third, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Don't, I don't know how else that that's going to go. Um, any thoughts on on any of the young guys? I mean, Reed again. Reed is eighty at wide receiver. Yeah. Musgrave thirty four at tight end and, and Kraft uh, forty six. Yeah, so I think if if Christian Watson stays healthy, he will be his ADP. Uh, so that's really the only question you have to ask when you take him. Um, I think he's QB proof. I mean, he caught that sixty three yard touchdown from Jordan Love um, down the stretch last season. So I, I think he can he can uh, still provide wide receiver two numbers without Aaron Rodgers. Um, Dobbs, I think is interesting. You know, he had a ton of momentum heading into last season as the potential Devonte Adams replacement. And he was really good in weeks one through four. He's the wide receiver 36, but like you said, just due to the emergence of Christian Watson due to injuries to Dobbs, um, he faded out, uh, towards the end. Uh, but they, they lost Lazard and Cobb. So I think he, he should be the number two target. Um, so I, I like him at ADP. I think Jaden Reed is very interesting. You know, he's, second round pick out of Michigan state, uh, talented return guy. He, he might need to, you know, work on route running, but I mean, he could get thrown in the fire. They don't really have much going on. So uh, I do like his upside. He kind of reminds me of a slower Tyree kill. If you watch his film, like, uh, he's not going to really burn guys, but he does have some really good moves. Um, you know, he's a good returner, so he could flash in the slot and he has, uh, this, this is the best landing spot. I could imagine for him. Uh, so I think he's a he's worth a flyer at wide receiver 80. And I, I actually do like Luke Musgrave. He's going at tight end 34. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like a cheaper version of Sam Laporta, I would say. Um, second round pick out of Oregon State. Uh, one of the better pass catching tight ends from this class. Um, he He's not some possession tight end either. He has nope. some serious speed. So he can, you know, he's one of those guys like a Chigger Quanker were projecting his average catch like 12.5 or something. He reminds me of my comp for him as Greg Dulcich, um, very similar type of player. So I think he could hit near one. Uh, their depth chart at tight end is pretty weak. So I would not be shocked if he's the the week one starter. So I like his um, 
his ADP at tight end 34, if you miss out on Sam Laporta, you get a similar type of tight end in a similar situation, albeit not as good of an offense, um, in Luke Musgrave. So I think he's pretty sneaky uh, later in drafts. Yeah, he could be like a, an athletic starting, like almost like a Gasicki or somebody, like an yeah, athletic starting yeah, tight end. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's still something to monitor, obviously, because they also got Tucker Craft around later. And, you know, there's still DeGuara there, I believe. And uh, who else is there? Tyler Davis, Davis, who they never, you know, they never quit. They never quit on yeah. him. Uh, so, but, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I think Musgrave, if he's like, he could be a starter and he's going like outside the top 32. Um, so that, that is something to, to kind of monitor. Still makes more sense in best ball. Um, obviously, I don't think even if he does start, yeah. it's going to be very uh, consistent. Exactly. Uh, and then the backfield, uh, Jones is RB17. Dylan is RB33. What do you think? Oh, yeah, this is tricky. I mean, Aaron Jones, uh, I I don't love him at RB17, but that's really where the running back position gets dicey, uh, where you can complain about everybody. But last year, it was it was pretty even committee with Dylan. You know, Jones' routes run rate were 52%. Dylan was up to 41%. Like, that, it was surprising to see Dylan as involved in the passing game. Uh, Jones had 48% of the rushing attempts. Dylan, 41%. Um, so that's that, that's not ideal in an offense that could take a step back uh, under Jordan Love. Plus, Love will be more – he's not like uh, Justin Fields type, but he he is going to scramble more than Aaron Rodgers, so that, that could hurt um, Aaron Jones' check down numbers. But like you said, Jones could be the number three target in this offense. Um, I, I just don't like his touch on upside in the Jordan Love era. So RB17 seems like a fair price, but I, I probably won't be going on my way to get him here. Yeah, it's a fair price. I think, you know, he's averaged 16 touches for 89 yards per game last year. Um, his touchdown rate has been kind of decreasing uh, on the rushing side, but he did catch five receiving touchdowns. So he, I think his upside is going to lie in the passing game. Um, he was the RB. He was like a t- an RB1 in uh, it, last season, and he's been mm-hmm. he's never been lower than 17 in the last five years. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was there, but – yeah, I think he's kind of like he's not a sexy pick anymore, but he's right. still probably going to be more efficient than Dylan and still see more touches than Dylan. It's just the consistency with the with this offense, you know, the touchdowns probably won't be there. So some weeks Aaron Jones will have like twelve touches for like fifty five yards, and yeah, that's, that's it. And he'll he'll be turning twenty nine this year. Yeah, so. although no real signs of a slowdown to be no to be no, but it, it can happen pretty fast. And he, yeah. he's definitely you know probably going to be in the decline phase at twenty nine. So yeah, Dylan's interestingly enough been declining his yards after contact three point six his first year, three point two his second year, two point nine his third. So it's yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. But uh, um, any thoughts on Dylan at thirty three? Like, do you think? I mean, if you huh. if you think Jones is declining, do you are you do you like Dylan or you think he's kind of also going to be just hurt by this offense? I think he probably benefit. Or he's going to be hurt by the fact that they're going to have less positive game scripts potentially. So I don't like Dylan either. Um, although he does see a pretty big workload for someone being drafted in the RB thirty to thirty five yeah. range. Yeah, thirteen uh, again, touches a game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the, usually those are guys that they, they probably need an injury to provide flex value. He can. Um, and then obviously he has RB two upside if Jones were to miss time. So uh, normally I'm a big Dylan guy, but that that was with Aaron Rodgers, the 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 future Hall of Fame quarterback under center. So just I think just with Jordan Love there, uh, Dylan's the player specifically. I think it might hurt the most. Um, so uh, you know I'm not getting a bunch of Dylan at RB uh, 33 even. 
I mean, to be fair, a lot of like what Aaron Rodgers is, what they're losing in terms, if you compare it to last year, is is intangible base because like the actual numbers for Rodgers last year: six point eight yards an attempt, uh, two hundred seventeen passing yards a game, uh, twenty six touchdowns, which that that's fairly good, but kind of more average than good. But like that, they're really losing. Like they're actually losing in many metrics of a low average quarterback from last year. I mean, you know, so like that, that is the one thing that's interesting. Like, like can love get to 60.8 yards per attempt with, you know, mid 20 touchdowns in 17 games. Maybe. I think a lot of this. Yeah, no, I, I take your point. I think a lot of this is losing Devontae Adams. I think that was such a big loss. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I don't think Jones or Dylan is sexy, but I think they're fine. Like, I don't think you're going to, they're going to lose your week. Um, I could be, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. like, yeah, especially because with less other skill talent, you know, and such young and so much youth everywhere, I think it's going to be a pretty running back centric offense too. So uh, as much as it can be um, yeah. given the game scripts, but uh, all right. Uh, who do you like for sleepers or undervalue guys on the Packers? Just based on ADP, I think Luke Musgrave as the tight end 34. Um, he, this is best ball only. I think, you know, if, if you have a Jordan Love, Christian Watson, Luke Musgrave stack, I think that makes that makes a ton of sense. But um, he's, he's a good backup plan if Sam Laporta gets drafted uh, in the, you know, tight end 24 range. I think Musgrave has similar upside uh, in this offense. I, I love the talent, too. So uh, I got to go with Musgrave. Yeah, I like that call. Uh, I'm going Christian Watson first and foremost. I think he could smash wide receiver 27. Um, he could be a guy that gets targeted, you know, on 30% of his routes this year. And uh, I also think Romeo Dobbs can beat his ADP at, at, at you know, outside the top 60 because uh, I think this could just be a very kind of concentrated offense, you know, with Watson as a number one. I think Dobbs is kind of uh, has a leg up on everyone else. It's kind of that clear number two, especially with no real threat at tight end and, 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 you know, uh, in terms of like a massive target hog or anything like that. So um, Watson is the number one. Dobbs uh, as well, I think, ha- has some value. Uh, what about overvalued guys or busts? Uh, I don't think anybody's, you know, being drafted too high. Um, I think the one player I'm I'm going to have less of for sure this year is A.J. Dillon. Usually I have a ton of him. Um, I, I just think Aaron Jones still being there, the fact that they that- – you know, their win total is seven and a half. They're going to have less positive game scripts. I think Dylan gets the biggest hit, but he'll cash in at this ADP if Aaron Jones gets hurt. So I won't have zero shares. But I think uh, of all the Packer players, I think, you know, AJ Dylan's probably the uh, most likely to bust. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't have anyone, honestly. I think, I mean, I think this is a team I'll, especially once we get clarity on, you know, who's getting those, you know, that wide receiver three role, who's mm-hmm. getting that starting tight end role. I, I I think these guys are going to be undervalued. I mean, none of the, you wouldn't say any of the defenses in this division are, are, are great. Um, True. You know, you, you, you played what, what did you finish third last year? Third place. So you're playing at the third place schedule. Um, mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, I think it, there's, it's hard to, there's mostly upside at all these ADPs in, in my yeah, opinion. I, I can see, I see what you're saying with Dylan, but I just, I don't, I don't see Dylan falling at like outside the top 40 either, you know? And so it's no, like, so I, I, look, yeah. I'm going to have some Dylan shares. I think yeah. there's a time and a place for that. Um, but uh, like I said, just all, all of them are either at value or showing a ton of value. Uh, just Dylan, just, yeah, he, he's in line. So <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying is like, this is a good team to invest in. And best ball, you can get some really cheap yes. stacks. So that's that's kind of how you go. Just go all in yeah. by stacking them. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, this is definitely a team uh, we, we got to monitor because, uh, yeah, I think there'll be some value here. All right, that is going to wrap it. 
If you want to hear us talking about the AFC North, that episode has already dropped, as have our AFC and NFC East episodes, all right here on the Fantasy Flex feed. Stay tuned next week. We will preview the AFC South. That will drop Wednesday, and then the NFC South will be out Friday. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker, me at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.